0: Welcome everybody to this podcast series for the Angaza Awards. This series is sponsored by Kenyan Wall Street. We're talking today with Marjorie Maida, a 2022 top 10 woman to watch in banking and finance. She's also the managing director and chief investment officer of Old Mutual Investment Group Zimbabwe. Welcome Marjorie.
1: Thank you very much, Nuru, and thank you for having me here.
0: Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. Um, Where are you joining us from?
1: I'm joining you from Harare, the capital city of Zimbabwe.
0: That is fantastic. And congratulations on your Angaza Awards recognition.
1: Thank you very much, and I do appreciate the opportunity that you gave me.
0: Thank you. So Marjorie, tell us, so you're based in Harare, and a lot of our listeners would be very interested to learn about the Zimbabwe economy. Um, Maybe what are some recent developments and and how are these developments uh, shaping the financial sector?
1: Thank you very much, Nuru. So, for the benefit of uh, listeners, Zimbabwe is in the heart of Southern Africa. And just uh, to put it into perspective, um, Zimbabwe's 2021 GDP um, is estimated at uh, United States dollars 24 billion. And our economy is mostly driven by the primary sectors of agriculture and mining with uh, the balance being uh, contributed mainly by the services sectors. So in terms of developments, coming back to your questions, the economy is in a multi-currency regime, which means we use our local currency together with a basket of other currencies, but mainly the US dollar. And we've been in this uh, multi-currency environment since um, around uh, mid-2019. so that brings opportunities to uh, do investment deals, both in the local currency and in, the, in other currencies as well. Um, the informal sector has been dominating over the past few years. And estimated contribution from the informal sector is about 60%. That also provides some investment opportunities to develop this sector, given that it has become quite important to our economy. Most important to highlight Nuru is the fact that we are in a inflationary environment where our inflation peaked to about 835% around July 2020. And since then, given the policies that the government has been implementing, we've been experiencing softening inflation. And by the end of last year, we recorded 60.7% in terms of inflation. It's unfortunate that globally, there are also inflationary pressures that are coming through from developments in Ukraine and and, um, Russia. But otherwise, the trend has been going direction for us, which is also positive for the investment markets, given that it brings um, possibilities of getting real returns within the investment markets. So besides the challenges that Zimbabwe has gone through, there are a lot of opportunities, investment opportunities, more so given the wide infrastructure gap that we have as well as the huge natural resource space that we have so in a nutshell that would be an overview of this in the economy
0: that's actually quite remarkable um 835 percent inflation rate is 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 quite remarkable i wonder even just from a just from a mental framing perspective that must be has it been a concern for for not only the financial sector players but just consumers overall?
1: Yes, definitely, Nuru. Um, inflation was of over a hundred percent, a significant impact, especially to the pockets of individuals. So it would be price changing on a daily basis, supermarkets. And it becomes very difficult to plan ahead. So definitely those levels were getting to hit the economy and to hit the pockets of individuals as well. So we're very glad with the direction that the economy is taking.
0: Yes, yeah, so this multi-currency regime hopefully is is giving some respite to to save us um, in Zimbabwe. So I can imagine that economy, your economy is really grappling to recover from the COVID disruption. Um, your policymakers are really working to do two things. You're working to enhance efficiency, but also try to underpin some resilience in your economy. Can you share um, really your view from an investment sector? I know you've touched on the investment opportunities like infrastructure, um, uh, So, but can you just kind of speak to the whole sustainability agenda? We, we talk about really just not only f- ensuring financial returns uh, in this environment that you've, you've given us a, 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 a look into, but what about the, the overall sustainability and, and, and really also thinking about the sustainable development goals? How, are, how is the investment sector aligning to this?
1: The Zimbabwe has been working with the national development strategy that seeks to recover from the challenges that you highlighted. And it's also in line with the sustainable development goals that are highlighted. And um, how the investment sector plays a part in ensuring that there is sustainability in all the development goals, is the fact that we look at uh, every investment relating it to environment, social and governance issues to ensure that all those things are taken into account in calculating the potential return for investments and ensuring that each investment is sustained and is giving a risk-adjusted return to all the investors. Perhaps I can paint a picture of the investment activities that are in our market. Uh, historically, we've been focusing on traditional uh, investment asset classes. These are mainly listed equities, short-term debt securities as well as property investors. But lately, in the last three years, we've seen a, a lot of development of new products, alternative products, and there's been a lot of activity around uh, green energy projects, mainly your hydropower projects, your solar projects. There's a lot of focus uh, on, on those areas. We've also seen new products being introduced, exchange traded funds. In the last 24 months, we've got three that have been introduced to our stock exchange. So there is a lot of activity within the investment markets. We now have three exchanges. Uh, the main exchange, which is the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange, but we had um, in the last two years introduced uh, the exchange, the U.S. dollar denominated uh, stock exchanges were well, given that, as I highlighted, we are now operating in, in a multi-currency environment. So there are lots of opportunities that all these developments are creating and sustainability remains a key focus for the investment markets.
0: That's really remarkable because I was just kind of reflecting on this issue that you mentioned about the green energy and and it really speaks to how the investment uh sector is moving towards responsible investment and really, like you're saying, making sure it's not just about the returns, but really contributing in a meaningful way to climate resilience and, and really just making sure that economies are, are moving in the right direction and aligning with the net zero agenda. So so thank you for sharing uh with us about about those trends. I think it's really exciting. Um, Uh, really exciting to hear. So you talked about the fact that 60% of your output as an economy is coming from the informal sector. Um, So I can imagine that financial inclusion is a very important agenda. What are your thoughts on how the financial sector can really democratize investment? You have now three exchanges, uh, which is really exciting. But I wonder... Are your retail investors participating or is it just mostly your institutional investors? Can you, can you give us an idea of what's happening in terms of how you're connecting this large informal sector, 60% that's driving your economy, with these amazing developments that are happening from a uh, financial sector innovation perspective?
1: Thank you, Nuru. And I think we've seen interesting developments in our market over the recent past, and yes, financial sector has to play a big role um, in enhancing financial inclusion, more so given the structure of our economy where it's highly informalized. And I think there are three key issues that the financial sector um, has to contribute to democratize investments uh, for the purposes of financial inclusion. The first first one would be around education. Uh, Financial literacy is quite key. And we've got a number of programs that um, are being run, especially from the financial services sector, bringing awareness, especially to the retail investors. And there's been a lot of um, educational programs that have been going on And thanks to our regulator for the investment markets, the Securities and Exchange Commission, which has been pioneering financial education programs across the market. And Nura, I can highlight that there's been a lot of participation by investors in the last two years as a result of this raised awareness. So I would say that is one key issue that um, I've seen the financial services sector contributing. The second issue is around introducing the relevant investment products. Uh, So the focus in the past historically has always been looking at um, what products suit the market and the market has largely been the corporates and less of retail. And there's been focus around introducing products that suit even the youth or university graduates or even school-going children. I think uh, starting young like that would then enhance understanding around investment products even if someone uh, develops into a career person. So I think the, the second important issue is to make sure that we've got the relevant investment products. Um, the third issue would be around the distribution, accessibility of the products, accessibility of information around investment products, and I think uh, we've seen a number of distribution being introduced uh, where someone can easily access the Zimbabwe exchange from their phone, from wherever they are. And there's been some relaxation of our uh, requirements where someone can buy small lots, uh, starting investing small and growing big. So I think distribution channels are quite key. And now we're in a digital era. where I think we take advantage of that to introduce channels that make accessibility very for all types of investors.
0: That's, that's remarkable. I think um, you touched on those three areas of education, relevant products, and accessibility. And that's a really good recipe to just kind of make sure that people are not left behind. and. That the investment opportunities are, are maximized not only by corporates and institutional investors and international investors, but also the the local um, your 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 local citizens. So, um, just shifting gears a little bit, I'd like us to touch on you <laughs> um, and your experience and your background. Of course, we're recognizing you as an Angaza Award winner. Not only an Angaza Award winner, you were number one on the top 10 list for women to watch in banking and finance. So congratulations again on that. Um, So there are women listening to this podcast and wondering what does it take to succeed as a chief investment officer, as a MD uh, of a financial institution? Maybe you can share with us just very briefly, maybe some quick lessons in, in, in your experience.
1: Thanks very much, Nuru. Um, and again, I'm glad that I got this opportunity to the where I am as a chief investment officer. So the first thing perhaps for me to define success, my definition of success as a chief investment officer is meeting objectives of all my key stakeholders. I can just mention a few of them. The customer is the biggest stakeholder, and if you are to be successful, you just have to provide the the risk-adjusted returns to your customers. Your shareholder is also a key stakeholder, and the shareholder requires return on investment. Your regulator is looking at you, complying with all the required regulations, and the team as well there is no one who works on their own. As a CIO, I've got a team that I'm working with. The team also has um, their expectations around rewards and growth. So I just mentioned a few of the stakeholders but there could be more. So Nur, what is important is to understand your stakeholders and their objectives and then work towards executing them. So focusing, focus is a key issue. You focus on key objectives and you execute them using the right processes. Um, We can't also ignore the value that the team uh, is to the success in any role. So you need to have the right team. You need to be working together as a team and to be aligned for you to achieve whatever you are doing as a CIO. Then determination, dedication, you need to have the right values. Once you do that, it helps you to create the right networks because you don't work in isolation. And I think it has been the biggest factor for me, just building the right networks and getting to learn every day as you do your job. Um, I would say those are the key issues That has that helped me to achieve whatever shift is a CIO for, for my organization.
0: I think that's great. And what I would add, Marjorie, is just kind of looking at how when we recognized you as an Angaza Award winner, just seeing on social media how many people were celebrating with you. I think one of the final things I would add to your secrets of success is building goodwill. I think you have so much goodwill uh, and I saw that firsthand. So I think um, uh, maybe you won't speak about it for yourself, but I think from what I could read from all the feedback I saw about you is that people recognize you as a person who has a lot of goodwill and and really is just a humble servant leader. Um, And I think that's what we saw.
1: Thank you, Noru. Yeah, some of these things, they are difficult for you to to talk about uh, yourself. But I'm grateful for all the support and the comments that um, I've received so far. And once again, to thank um, Ongaza Awards for the opportunity to showcase me and whatever I achieved. And the award also has helped me to start telling my story more and more. I know there are a lot of women out there who need just the encouragement and motivation. And I believe telling my story will will assist significantly in motivating more women to take up these big challenges.
0: Absolutely. And there's no reason why um, a woman from Harare cannot be a CEO of a Pan-African bank. I think you've demonstrated that and we're going to be watching your star continue to shine and rise.
1: Thank you very much, Noru.
0: Yeah, so I don't know, are there any other final thoughts you might want to share?
1: So perhaps just focusing on women, um, just to highlight that there are lots of opportunities for us out there. We just need to take advantage of the environment we are in, looking for opportunities and grabbing them. If some people have done it, we can also do it. So let's grab the opportunities and let's showcase what we, we can do.
0: That's fantastic. Thank you so much, uh, Marjorie. We've been listening to Marjorie Maida. She's the Chief Investment Officer and Managing Director at All Mutual in Zimbabwe. Um, she shared with us and give us given us a wonderful view on the Zimbabwe economy and, and recent developments in what is now a multi-currency uh, economic environment that has lots of interesting innovations that are coming to market and really underpinning that is the recognition that the informal sector plays a significant role in building the economy. And finally, we've learned a little bit about Marjorie and and, and her secret to success, which includes stakeholder management, teamwork, values, and being determined. And I would add being humble (laughs) because she didn't tell (laughs) us that she's humble. She is a (laughs) humble woman. So really Marjorie, we congratulate you again uh, for your Angaza Awards recognition. We look forward to celebrating your achievement uh, in June during the 2022 Angaza Awards ceremony. My name is Nuru Mogambi. I'm the chairperson of the Angaza Awards, and it has been an absolute pleasure to host this discussion. Until next time. Thank you, Marjorie. Thanks, Nuru. All right, and goodbye, everybody.